the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Or, yeah, really. All right, welcome in Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Thank you for joining us once again. Episode number three, and episode number three is all about the possibility of history being made in Houston, Texas this week. Uh, will history be made? I think that that might be the key storyline for the OU softball team this weekend as they get set for five games in three days. Jocelyn Allo, six home runs away from being the new home run queen in softball. It's like, again, I think it's probably the main storyline. I'm officially on the uh, home run counter going on this weekend. And a lot of people would be like, dang, dude, like that's kind of a lot to ask, right? Six home runs in just five games and three days over the weekend. Like, true. But if she's able to do it, like, is it going to really surprise any of us? If Jocelyn Allo smacks six home runs or seven home runs this weekend, is everyone going to be looking at each other and really saying, like, wow, I, that, that totally shocks me? I think I speak for everyone that if she's able to get her six, uh, six home runs this weekend, no, no one will be shocked at all uh, when she finally gets that home run record. But it will happen. I- I- excited to see history uh, happen here at, you know, whenever it does. But the show is coming to Houston. And I call it the show because of all the star attractions this team has. Like, think about it. It has the best program in the sport. Like, I I think that there was a time period where, like, OU's been in the conversation now for several years, but UCLA maybe had more of a more of a case for that a couple years ago than maybe than what they do right now. But I, I think that in, in my opinion, when we're talking about the best program in the sport, I think that that's OU right now. So it's the best program of the sport with the best power hitter in the game that's about to be the future home run queen in Jocelyn Allo. You've got the most exciting freshman in the sport in Jordy Ball and maybe maybe the most exciting pitcher in all of college softball. I mean, we've only just kind of seen the surface of what she's capable of. And when I say exciting – I mean, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of emotion, uh, a lot going on when, when she's in the circle. You've got Jada Coleman, who's super exciting in the outfield with some of the plays that she makes. Uh, Kinsey Hansen, all around, just a fantastic player. Grace Lyons, best shortstop in all of college softball. Lou Donahue is a show uh, all, all herself. And, of course, uh, all, all the other members of the team as well. So it truly is the show. And the show is coming to Houston this weekend. And what to expect when this team goes on the road, and and this is no surprise at all, but it's been happening for a while. You're going to get Houston, McNeese State's, and Texas State's best shots this week, bar none. Uh, I think the target on OU's back is massive every year, but probably even more so this year, coming off a national championship, all the returning players that this team has, and the storyline that I think is – kind of starting to to get around nationally is this could this be one of the best softball teams of all time so I I assure you like if Houston beats OU in a game this week it's going to make their season if McNeese State beats OU in a game this uh, this weekend it's going to make their season same thing for Texas State in that game uh, early Sunday morning so that's it's true this weekend it's true the, the rest of the year Whatever that means, you're going to see the best version of Houston. You're going to see the best version of McNeese State. You're going to see the best version of Texas State. That's just reality right now for the OU softball team. And I think Patty likes that. 
I think that Patty likes the added challenge of being able to tell her team that there there are no days off, and it just hammers the point home about consistency for this team. You've got to show up every game because everyone else is gunning for you. Yeah, you're probably going to be more talented than every single team that you play this weekend, or and for the rest of the year as well. You're going to be more talented. But you better bring it because you're going to see the best version of every opposing team uh, that you face this this year, no doubt. But I'm excited for this weekend uh, because I think we all know what we're witnessing at this point. And I'm kind of out to really sit back and enjoy every single game this year because this has a good chance to be historic. Like, seriously, OU fans, make sure you really soak this all in and take it all in because I think that this is a year that we're going to be talking about for a long time. I think in 15 years from now, there's a chance that, you know, we're kind of kicking back and saying, wow, do you remember the time when Jordy Ball and Jocelyn Allo were on the same team together? Like, that wasn't even fair. So just sit back, enjoy this year. I definitely think it's going to be a historic year. And the ride along the way with some uh, records reached, some historic things happening, uh, really could be a lot of fun. All right, let's get to uh, OU softball play-by-play voice Chris Plank. He's a colleague of mine at the ref in Norman, which, by the way, uh, if you want even more softball content outside this podcast or just more OU content in general, uh, you got it on the ref every single day. That's 94.7 FM in Oklahoma City. That's 1400 AM in Norman. Uh, we're all across the state. If you're out of like the OKC metro area, best the best thing to do, just download our app. It's free in the App Store. Just search Sports Talk 1400. I'm on uh, from 2 to 6 every single afternoon. Chris Plank is on from 9 to noon. Uh, we talk OU from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., so if you like the Sooners, you want even more softball content outside Diamond Envy, uh, I assure you that the ref is the best place to go. All right, let's uh, let's catch up with Plank for a few minutes on what to expect this weekend in Houston. All right, he's play-by-play voice Chris Plank, fresh off his trip to the West Coast. And uh, what I could gather about some of those games out there, Chris, is you know maybe normally you're in a you're in a press box, you're kind of confined to yourself. Sounds like you were broadcasting with some uh, Sooner fans out there in California, <laughs> sitting right next to you, which is pretty cool. Uncle Mike was in full throat, man. He was ready to go. Uh, don't chase him. Don't chase him. Make him pitch to you. Make him pitch to you. That's my guy. No, it was fun. Listen, that's one of the great things about these early season tournaments, Tyler, is a lot of times you're calling it from the stands. And as the case was in both Irvine and uh, I keep wanting to say Bakersfield, but it was Santa Barbara, you know, we were literally sitting in the stands. And I love it. You know, I don't mind it at all, especially if I'm around Sooner fans. So I was, um, it was different. It was fun. Uh, I think we'll be pretty much the same way whenever we go to Palm Springs in two weeks. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun part of the early season. Successful weekend. I, I would be interested to know, like, from a national perspective. Obviously, OU was the preseason favorite to win the national championship. Every single poll unanimously had the Sooners at number one. But do you think that there's even a more overwhelming feeling that OU is the best team in softball, seeing as if there was a question mark, it was in the circle? And in my opinion, that was the brightest part of this entire weekend in California. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And if you, you know, if you were maybe teetering between Oklahoma or Alabama at number one, 
you know, both both teams pretty much, in my opinion, showed that they were that they were really good softball teams this year. I think Oklahoma just showed kind of an over the top grip that um, not many people were ready for, and I don't mean that in in any pun way at all. It's just they went out and they destroyed the number three team in the country and ran rough shot through the. Um, through the weekend. I mean, Mississippi State's a good team, Tyler. Mississippi State's a tournament team, and they run-ruled them 9-0. So that kind of gives you an idea of just how good they were. And and again, I there's going to be some early season losses, like Oklahoma State losing, being in some tight games. That's going to happen. I'm not the, the the I'm not real high on Oklahoma State this year, as I have been maybe last year, but I'd love to see them prove me wrong, right? Because that only makes Oklahoma better. But if you're looking at what are I was trying to pull them up here while we were talking about it. But if you look at the ratings for or the rankings for like the NFCA in the top 25, um, to me, it's just it's Oklahoma hands down. Yeah. And Alabama made a nice claim to number two, but it shows you how highly people thought of Oklahoma and that they beat UCLA and UCLA didn't drop a spot, right? They stayed at number three. That's how highly people think of Oklahoma. So um, I was pumped. I thought it was a, a really, really solid start to the season. And now listen, I'm, I've got my mindset for, for Texas or well, Houston, Texas this weekend, Houston always plays Oklahoma tough, at least in the first game of the series. And it should be a tough one for the Sooners come Friday afternoon. Yeah, and before we preview that series, we, we got to talk some Jordy Ball. And I made the point on the previous episode. I think there's two ways to look at the illegal pitches that happened, which, by the way, is a pretty minor footnote in the storyline that came out of that UCLA game. You can look at it and say, uh-oh, is this her flaw? Is there an issue with this moving forward? Or I kind of had the thought playing like, I thought that that made her performance even more impressive. Out on the West Coast playing UCLA, like that was a chance for UCLA to really get some momentum, a chance for Jordy Ball really to kind of cave under the pressure. And it's it was it's like it didn't even happen. She illegal pitches, she probably never even been called for it that many times in her career, and it still didn't affect her. Still had 14 strikeouts. Yeah, and uh, that's what Coach Gasso told me after the game, and I thought it was the um it was really the story of that game in that Jordy Ball did not let that get her down. In fact, it seemed as if it made her better <laughs> as it progressed. It almost just angered her even more. But, Tyler, at the core of it, it is something that needs to be fixed, right? Yep. Because you go from – you know, there were two that I counted. I, I was going to go back and, and try to kind of restat it, rescore it. Um, but there were two that I counted that – took away strikeouts, right? Where I'm like, she struck her out. And you see her walking back to the dugout, the UCLA player. Then all of a sudden she turns and heads back to home plate. You're like, whoa, what just happened there? It's like illegal pitch. There were at least two times of the six that I had called, maybe seven. There were at least two times that it took a 2-2 count to 3-1. And one other time, I think it took a 1-2 count to two balls in a strike. So thankfully they've adjusted the rules to make it a little less harsh. But in the end, I mean, it, it, it's something that needs to be fixed. And for those, listen, here on Diamond Envy, Tyler, we get to talk all things softball. I know you had DJ Sanchez on talking about it in depth. It's, it's simply an issue where that foot is losing contact with the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Now, she has a problem where sometimes she'll slide her, uh, f- her front foot, maybe it's her left foot, when she's playing a little bit off the rubber. And it's got to stay on. You know, as you go into your your motion, she'll slide that forward a little bit. But 
you know, for her, it was that foot coming off. And Patty Gasso told us she was aware of it. They're working on it. It's got to maintain contact dragging with the ground or you're going to be called for it. And everyone's going to be looking for it now the rest of the season. But you're right. Didn't seem to bother her at all on Saturday. Jordy, uh, Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. Uh, one national publication had her National Player of the Week. Tiare Jennings, Big 12 Player of the Week. Four home runs for her. Let off the season, what, again? First at bat of the year with a home run. How did you feel? The, the power numbers were there. Tiare gets four. Uh, Jocelyn Allo has two. Uh, Lou Donahue gets one. But overall, how do you feel like the offense performed coming out of that weekend slate? Um, Broad question, I, I know, but just kind of – No, no, no. I, I, you know, and it's interesting. It times out well because today, Tyler, on, on, on my show, on Josh and my show, we were talking to JT about it. And – I think it was a good magnification of just how deep they really are, right? Because, you know, you think about it, they and, and, and how good they are at, at overcoming adversity. 14 zip, they were seven for 10 with runners in scoring position in yeah. that game. I mean, just that's unbelievable. They struggled a little bit the rest of the weekend with runners in scoring position, but. Like, for instance, against Loyola Marymount, they didn't play a great game. They had a well-pitched game, but offensively, they struggled. They chased some pitches. They weren't able to put together, you know, and, and cash in when they had those opportunities. So what did they do? That next game, they came out against Mississippi State. Boom. Out of the gates. Just run after run after run. Clutch hit after clutch hit. Home runs from Donahue and, home run, and a home run from Gray Screen. So they kind of took – maybe the frustration of a game against Loyola Marymount, and then you saw that improve in the win over Mississippi State. UCLA, listen, one thing I think that's going to be real interesting this year, Tyler, to follow, and I'm going to talk to uh, Coach about it in our pregame show, but it seems as if most pitching coaches or head coaches, whatever – aren't going to allow a pitcher to go through the Sooner lineup more than maybe once. Pretty smart. Right? And because, again, that whole theory is you see a, a pitcher twice, you know, that's what Loyola Marymount did. You see a pitcher twice, suddenly you start getting that rhythm. And Oklahoma did that against Mississippi State, did that against San Diego, um, and, and, and even, you know, did that to a certain degree against – UCSB, but UCLA did it, mix it up pretty well, right? I mean, it that was a that was a two to one game before UCLA's defense completely fell apart in the sixth inning. So, I think it's going to be a season of adjustments, right? and I and I know I've talked a lot about this, but they're gonna they're gonna see two to three different pitchers every single game, and not just because they chased them either. You know, they yeah. you might see someone go through the line. It's like, wow, they've only given up one hit. Well, that next inning, you might see another pitcher. Um, after they've gone through nine. And the other thing, it showcases the depth in that Grace Lyons had started every single game she'd ever played at Oklahoma. I think it was like 151 or two. And she came off the bench Sunday because she had struggled at the plate. You were able to give her a rest and have her see the game from a different perspective. And what did she do when she got an opportunity? She went in and got a base hit. You can take Kinsey Hanson and give her a rest day. She had caught the first four games of the season, just about every single inning. You put Lindsey Elam in there and you're fine. So the depth was showcased, I think, from this Sooner uh, offense this weekend. 
Five games in three days coming up. Doubleheader on Friday, doubleheader on Saturday. Going to play Houston and McNeese State. Uh, then you got an early game on Sunday. We'll see former Sooner Kristen Vesley, head coach of the Houston Cougars. You mentioned earlier that you know they've been a, a tough opponent at times in the past. Um, not knowing a whole lot about Houston, it's almost like you can go ahead and guarantee that they're going to be one of the more scrappier bunches that you're going to play in the offseason. I don't think that they're necessarily going to bend the knee, especially at home, just because the interlocking OU uh, shows up to H-Town. Yeah, and you know, you go back to their opening weekend, and um, you know they they played a pretty challenging slate this past weekend, and you know they they beat um, they beat a couple of good teams, but they also lost to Texas Tech, and I don't listen. Texas Tech has they've got some decent pitching, right? And uh, who was it? Fritz from Tech went with a complete game one hitter against Houston this weekend. So it's going to be fascinating to follow her. But, you know, they're sitting at four and one. You mentioned Kristen Vesley, as, as Coach told us this weekend. There's nothing these former players want more than to go out and beat <laughs> Patty sure. Gasso, oh, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and this, is, this is just a fun – this is always a fun matchup. And they always seem to at least have – one or two re really good games in that series. And there's another tie because not only is Christian Vesley a former Oklahoma Sooner player, but Lacey Waldrop, who is their pitching coach, she was the volunteer assistant in, I think it was 17 when they won the national championship. So, you know, there's some familiarity there beyond with what, you know, Christian Vesley knows from the, the good old days, if you will, Tyler, to now what Lacey Waldrop saw more recently. So it's fun to go down there. There's always a lot of Sooner fans there. Um, you know, this is going to be a weekend where, you know, we're five home runs shy of Jocelyn's yeah. high in the record. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, a team in McNeese, McNeese State that I don't think is going to be afraid to pitch to her. So we could see a big home run weekend for Jossie, I think. Yeah, you mentioned McNeese, 5-0 and on the season, but they got to go play Texas tonight. So we'll find out a lot more about McNeese and just how good they are um, kind of coming out of the tonight in Austin. But, man, I, I think we all know what it's about, right? This team is what we thought it was going to be. Maybe some people think it's even better than when you thought it was going to be coming into the year. Just look like that number one team. Look like that elite team, game in and game out. I haven't heard Patty say that. But I got to imagine that that's the challenge now here moving forward. You're going to be the best team every time you step out on the field. Show it consistently. Don't have any of those yep. games where you don't have it. You're not pitching well. Errors out in the field. Just, just consistently look like the team that won the national championship last year and has a great chance to do so again this year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, here's the thing is there's a lot of younger players, I think, that will have an opportunity to make an impact this weekend. Um, you know, Sophia Nugent only had the one at bat. I think she'll have a chance to make an impact this weekend. Uh, Hannah Core, and I'm, listen, I'm real big on seeing these young people get an opportunity. I think Hannah Core, Tria Coleman didn't see much action, um, but I think you'll see a little bit more of her this weekend. I mean, all the freshman talk is around Jordy Ball, and understandably so, but I, I think you're going to see some of these younger players get more of an opportunity this weekend. And then in that, you know, just because, say, Alyssa Brito, I got to meet Alyssa's family this weekend. Great family, Tyler. But just because Alyssa Brito started it short on Sunday, you know, doesn't mean that her spot is secured. In, 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 I mean, yeah. she's got to go out and play well. Just because, you know, Riley Boone started, what, every game this weekend doesn't mean that she's got to go out and compete. So while I get excited about the youngsters, I also realize, Tyler, there is an incredible amount of competition that's still going out, uh, going on game in and game out because it's just – 
there's so much up in the air right now. It's amazing to watch. Yeah, you being on with the team and being on road trips and all that, you probably see a different side of Jocelyn Allo than maybe an outsider like I do. But I see just quiet confidence. How do you think that she is handling this chase to be the all-time home runs leader in all of college softball? Is it something that you can tell like she's thinking about or that it doesn't really matter right now? She's just playing ball. I um Patty Gasso said we're chasing history, not chasing pitches, uh, because it looked like there was a little bit of a struggle with her chasing pitches uh, early. She struck out, what is it, like five times this weekend, mm-hmm. which she didn't strike out till the fifth time last year until like April. So I think there was a little bit of let's get this thing behind us, but I, she's so cool, man. I am, <laughs> I, I just I love. I love Jocelyn Allo so much. I love her family. Her dad is there at every step of the way. Her mom, her grandma is standing on top of bleachers just in order to see her granddaughter awesome. warm up. She, Tyler, she's just, she's awesome. And there's not a single thing that I would ever want to change about Jocelyn Allo. And I just think that her approach is refreshing. Uh, she's competitive but she doesn't take things to, in other words, she's competitive and she wants to win, but she's not going to like just beat herself up over a couple of bad outings. She's a great team player and she got a chance to play a little in the field this week. And I thought she looked good doing so out and right. So I don't see her pressing too much. If there's anything that is bothering her personally uh, in, in this and like the weight of it, she sure as heck isn't showing it. Hey, last question I have for you. And you and I talked about this a little off the air last week. Um, what What's going to happen at first base? You, you kind of threw out the theory to me that we might see Lindsey Elam over there, and and we did this week. What are your thoughts on who's going to be playing out on the field on, on in first base as we move forward? Is it still going to be kind of a committee approach? or like how's, how's that going to look? Yeah, I, th- I think you're going to see a lot of different bodies at first base. Uh, I thought Grace Green looked really good over at first base on Thursday. She made a couple of big stretches to – preserve the perfect game um I think Taylor Snow is really good over at first base and she had some clutch hits you know Lindsey Elam still learning the position uh but has really looked good Kinsey Hansen can play over there um you know I we brought Jada Coleman started like five games at first base last year but she's you know she's pretty much entrenched in center field I think Jana Johns could play over there eventually so there's five that I mentioned and you saw three of them play first base this weekend. Uh, it's a position where Patty wants an athlete. She wants an athlete at first base. And I'm just – I'm really intrigued to see what that looks like this weekend because, you know, Grace Green came into first base and played well, then got the start at DP and was on base at two over three at bats. And I think she's trying to show that she belongs in this lineup, and I think that's going to be a fascinating name to keep an eye on this year in that battle over at first base. Okay, I like. I got one more. Um, the storyline on Twitter on Saturday is everyone was mad that you had to pay $30 for a Flow softball account to watch OU in, in UCLA. Uh, I just listened to you all weekend long, though I also got the flow softball, but it wasn't that great of a broadcast. You know that by now. Did you sense any frustration with the staff that not only last weekend were games hard to watch, but you got a couple of games on ESPN Plus this weekend, but still you're not getting the access on TV that this team deserves. Is there some frustration from the staff with with that? I would say that there's always frustration whenever you're not getting the coverage that you feel like you deserve. But I also think everyone 
around the program sees it's a process. Like, for instance, I tend to think, and I'll try not to go too long on this, I tend to think that pushing back the Super Bowl hurt the opening weekend of softball more than anything, right? Because ESPN has so many resources dedicated to the Super Bowl, and understandably so. It's the most watched event. And even though they're not carrying it, I mean, I'm a sports fan, so I'm watching during the week for Super Bowl coverage, and I'm not watching NBC. I'm watching ESPN. And I think they had – so. I mean, you look, Tyler, even their season opening tournament that ESPN has put on is pushed to this weekend, and their Sunday game is on ESPN. So – I think there's frustration when you get a matchup like Oklahoma UCLA and it's on flow softball and you can obviously tell that their their broadcasters are remote and they don't really know what's going on and that's not a knock on them. I mean it sucks to have to call from afar. But you know, this isn't the first game this isn't the first game that Flow Softball did. This isn't the first time that they've ever broadcast a game. And you know, I know we go through this a lot with fans at Sooner Vision. Because, you know, you want a two, three camera shoot, and sometimes that's just not reality. But they've 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 got to be better. And yeah. I think they know that too. But that was that was really, really tough, I think, for fans to have to to go through the process of paying for it and then getting that quality of a broadcast. It's very frustrating. He's Chris Plank, OU softball play by play voice. As always, man, we appreciate your help. All right, man. Thanks, Tyler. Have a great rest of the pod, man. All right, good stuff with Plank. He'll be on the call for every single game this weekend, so check him out. was listening to all the calls last weekend because, uh, well, Flow Softball didn't really impress me all that much, so there became a point where it was, you know what, instead of being upset with uh, Flow Softball, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and listen to Plank. Uh, everyone knows that he does a fantastic job and appreciates uh, him being a contributor to this podcast every single week. One thing I do want to encourage is feedback on Diamond Envy. So hit me up on Twitter, at Tyler underscore McComas, last name spelled M-C-C-O-M-A-S. Questions, comments, whatever you got, I, I want to hear it because I want everyone to feel a part of Diamond Envy. I-, I-, I want you to feel like if you've got a question to me or to a future guest that we have, something that you've always wanted to find out about a former player, like absolutely the door's open anytime you want to interact with this podcast. Uh, please, by all means, do it. I, I, I love I love feedback on my radio show, and I want feedback on this podcast as well. And by the way, like not only if you're listening to this in audio form right now, we also like live stream the uh, interviews that we have. So whether it's Lindsey Elam, whether it's a couple of exciting guests that we have coming up, whether it's like me and Plank, you can catch those live video interviews in a couple of different places. Uh, the Ref, our Twitter page, that that those those will be streamed live when they're out there, uh, and then our YouTube page, the Ref Sports Radio Network. We've got a YouTube page up, and all those old uh, video interviews are up there as well. So when you're hearing Lindsey Elam, you can also go on YouTube and watch the interaction between me and Lindsey Elam and some other guests as well. So that's pr- that's pretty fun. DJ Sanchez, her interview from last week is on there. That was a lot of fun as well. So be sure to uh, go and check that out. Speaking of former players. How about a little bit of a tease? I think Destiny Martinez might be our next guest. How about that? Been in contact with Destiny. She's all pumped up, wants to be on the podcast. So I think we're going to be able to talk to her this weekend. So send your questions in for Destiny, and uh, we'll get those answered coming up this weekend. I 
actually have another guest, or guests, I should say, to tease as well. Could I interest anyone in a 2000 National Title Team reunion podcast? Huh? Uh, I think that that is going to happen in the very near future as well. That's going to be so cool. So again, if you have questions for any of our upcoming guests, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Tyler underscore McComas. Appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week, and hopefully, I think we're going to, by the way, to throw out my official prediction for the weekend, we're talking about a 5-0 and weekend for the Sooners. I think OU's still going to be the number one team in the country, still going to be an undefeated softball team when we reconvene early next week. I'm Tyler McComas, host of Diamond Envy. Thanks for tuning in. Number one.